All right, folks. Barack Lloyd, thanks for tuning in. I, I got to tell you, um, something that's coming up a lot lately, I don't know if you've uh, noticed this, Ari, is this 23andMe genealogy project, uh, or maybe, I, I guess, uh, genes sort of project. Oh, did you get me a kit so I can see how much of an Indian I am, too? <laughs> right, there you go. <laughs> for, uh, for the listeners who don't know, a real Indian sent Elizabeth Warren, fake Indian, a kit who's running against her as a joke. Right. But, yeah, no, it's, it's appropriate. Yeah. Anyway, so 23andMe, what is it? It's, it's this, uh, you know, there are 46 chromosomes, of course, and so half of them are from one side of the family versus the other, and you can learn a lot about your background. So particularly people are using this to f- figure out what their background is. Are you from uh, India? Are you from the, the Ukraine? Are you from, uh, are, are you part Cherokee for that matter? Who knows, right? And they, they'll tell you with probabilities where you kind of come from. And it's an interesting thing, interesting dynamic. Uh, and that, in and of itself, if that were the only thing that, were, that we were talking about, I'd say I, I don't really have an issue. What I do have an issue with is this notion, notion of using the Genome Project for purposes of finding out what your likely health problems might be in the future. For example, are you more prone to stroke, uh, to lupus, to diabetes, to uh, breast cancer, to colon cancer, and, and so on? Um, and you know that way you'll have you'll be armed with information, don't you know? And you'll be able to you know address it and prevent these horrible afflictions from occurring to you if you only take action now, now, right? So that, that's what the, the big sell of the Genome Project was, is that you could find out more about somebody, uh, about, about their basic likelihood of disease and risks going forward. And that's the Genome Project, not 23andMe, Correct. which is just a novelty thing for backgrounds. Right. If, 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 it's, if 23andMe is only designed for finding out where you come from, uh, from a origins point of view, great. You know, that's okay. I, I don't think it means very much. I don't care. Um, we, we shouldn't, none of us should care, right? I mean, in fact, I, I do want to speak to that about that particular issue because we're a country that supposedly doesn't matter where you're from. What, what do you care whether you're from, you know, you're half from the Ukraine or one sixteenth from the Ukraine and and uh, some part from uh, Yugoslavia and another part from Canada, and, and who cares, right? I mean, what, what does it matter? I mean, th- first of all, th- you're a fact on the ground as it is anyway, right? Secondly, what, all that really should matter is whether you're a good person. Are you a productive person? Are, do you give good things to the world? Are you fighting evil? Right? Are you advancing uh, progressivism if you believe in that kind of crap, uh, or conservatism if you believe in that kind of stuff? Right? That's what it should all matter. Who cares what the you know reflection of your pigmentation is? I mean, you might as well be as interested in knowing exactly how much uh, what's the, what's the uh, the pigmentation that makes somebody more dark versus not dark? Melanin. Melanin. Okay. Yeah. So you know, I want to know exactly how much percentage melanin this man has versus that man. What? what who cares? Right? Would, would you be interested in that? Just how white are you? Just how black are you? Who? Wh- why would that matter to anybody? I don't think anybody cares about that. So why would I care whether this person is slightly from the Ukraine and, and more so from Canada and, and uh, a part Icelandic? I, I, don't, I, know, I don't get that, folks. I don't understand that at all. I do understand if you want to know 
who you are, and, and I know that um, Ancestry.com focuses a lot on this, um, who your great-grandmother was. And she was a rebel in the Civil War. I don't know, right? Or she did this. And you find out information about her uh, or a man that, that did some great stuff. is just cool for stories, right? My great-grandmother did this. My great-great-great-grandfather did that. That's cool. I get that. That's more for storytelling than anything else. And you can kind of sense like, okay, this we've always been a creative people, we Smiths out there. I, I, that's fine. But the uh, where you come from, I, I don't get that. Now, going to the uh, genome project, which the, the very notion of it was to, to help you find out about yourself and, and to pursue things in a, in a glorious way so that you can prevent all these diseases. To which I say, I don't get it. I mean, there's so many people say right ahead, you know, look, I'm, I'm a vegan. I, I, I like to take charge of my health. And, and I think that we do have some great degree of strength in taking charge of our own health by the food uh, that we eat, uh, by choosing not to smoke, for example, by not drinking to excess, by not taking drugs, and by, of course, exercising. And by not watching CNN. And by, yes, the most important <laughs> thing. I'm sorry, I, shouldn't have, I should have brought that up first. <laughs> Duh, <laughs> right? The most obvious. Anyway, the, the thing is that, that you like to you know, take charge of your health. Okay, But <laughs> these people who advance the Genome Project, who are, generally speaking, progressives, we'll talk about that in a second, these are the same people that will tell you you can't do anything about your your life. You, you know you're going to go when you're going to go. That they always say like, oh, it doesn't matter what you eat, right? Uh, you're going to die if you're going to die at at uh, at an early age. It's all pre-programmed. It's in the genes. They and say. they also say, don't judge me. Right. Don't exactly. tell me yes. the anal sex I engaged in in the men's bathroom at that dangerous bar in a seedy part of town is a health hazard. Right. right. That would be homophobic. Right. Right. Well, or, or, or the smoking, for that matter. I mean, you, you used an extreme and somewhat vulgar uh, example there, my friend. But nevertheless, I'm just be... talking for personal experience. <laughs> I don't know if I can work under these conditions. No, you can't. All right. So no, you. Can't. I'm under the weather too. Okay? All right. So, but but that's why I gave the more uh, PG version of smoking and excessive drinking, my friend. <sighs> leave it. Leave it to Ari to go straight to the gutter as as quickly as possible. Anyway, so. It's about choices that you make. And, of course, you know, if, if you drink to excess and then, surprise, surprise, your, your liver will give out and you can die because of that. If you, if you smoke to excess, surprise, surprise, you just might get lung cancer. Don't tell me that there's nothing we can do to, to stop these things. But anyway, it doesn't matter. These, a lot of these progressives who support the Genome Project are the same people that say you can't do anything about it anyway. So you might as well have your chips and your burgers and everything else. It's a little odd. I, the, the dynamic is, is strange to me. But, uh, you know, the reality is that, you know, to, to, to lay it out, this Genome Project, like here's your future, right? This is what you, you've got to look out, look out for. And it's going to come. So take all the drugs necessary and all the chemotherapy necessary and everything else that might, might uh, kick into play uh, to avoid this thing from happening, right? Sounds smart. Sounds logical, except that it's terribly not logical. First of all, none of the genome project, even if it tells you, let's say you have the BRCA gene, which is the gene, as I understand it, that indicates that you're likely to develop breast cancer. So first of all, even if you don't have the BRCA gene, you can have breast cancer. 
Secondly, if you have the BRCA gene, you don't necessarily mean, it doesn't automatically make, mean you're going to have breast cancer. And likewise for other genes associated with different kinds of cancers and heart disease, and diseases for that matter. It doesn't mean very much. It just means you might be more likely than, than the average person. Well, what does that mean? Right? If, if your average risk of colon cancer, for example, I'm going to throw out a number here, that's all, uh, is uh, 7% as a, as a man. Um, okay, well, a, a, and you are more likely to get it. Well, what does that mean? It's never 100%. It, the, the Genome Project will not say you will develop colon cancer, period, by the age of 40. It's, it's not going to be like that. It just means that you have an increased risk. What does that mean? Do you go from the 7%, as my example, to 10%? That's almost 50% more, right, than the 7% that are, that, that's the average. Okay, so you're, you're supposed to change your entire life based upon that? It still doesn't make sense. If it's 10% versus 7%, why, why would you alter your life altogether? So, and, and this is especially to, true to those people that think that it doesn't matter what you do with your life, right? So if it doesn't matter, then why are you even bothering going to the hospital and taking all these chemotherapies and such? I don't get it. Your logic that never makes any sense to me. And then put aside something else. Let's say, just for the sake of discussion, because the Genome Project does not provide this, let's say it were to tell you that, you know, Ari, you're going to die. You're going to die. And it's so incredibly... Uh, predictive, that it knows not only that you'll you'll die, but also the specific date of your death, right? <laughs> and and it's going to be horrible. Oh boy, it's going to be painful. It can yeah. tell me the name of the uh, city I'm going to die in, right? And the uh, number of the bus line and the street that that bus is on, right? When I slip and fall in front of the bus because right. of a banana I slept on, completely unrelated well, to yeah. my genetic genes. Uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> completely unrelated. <laughs> No, but obviously, the genes can tell you if you're going to be hit by a bus, but I'll get to that in a moment because right. that's a very good point. So let's say it tells you you're going to die of this particular kind of cancer at this particular month of this particular year, and ta-da. And not only that, but there's nothing you can do about it. All right, well, that's just terrifying. Why would you want to know that information? Seriously, what? let's say you know, you're, you're in the mid-40s now, okay, and you're told that you're going to have this terrible death at the age of 56, Okay, <laughs> April of, of the year that you're 1950, uh, that you are um, 56 years old. What does that do to you as a human being? It, right? I mean, think about all the things that it would impact. Well, yes, uh, you'll get you'll get yeah. your your will and trust in order. That's for sure. Okay, but putting that aside, I mean, what's the point? I mean, you 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 wouldn't have any sense of purpose anymore. Um, you would try to get all the again you will and trust in order. That's about it. Right, and you maybe send a, a couple of videos and such, but wouldn't that be kind of morbid? The whole thing. Will wouldn't it, you rather die, you know, all of a sudden, not knowing that, that today is the, the, the day that you're going to die? What if, what if you get up? Okay, oh, I got two more days. Now I got one more day. Today is the day I'm going to die. P.S. I think you wouldn't sleep very well the morning before. <laughs> but but and and then you go and then you supposedly go, you know, consistent with the predictions of the Great Genome Project. What you wouldn't want this. Nobody want, would want this. I, I remember once when I was in college, I did one of those stupid Ouija games, right? Ouija board games. And uh, I asked a stupid question um, about the future and when would I die? Okay. And I got an answer, and it was an answer I really didn't like. 
And thankfully, I'm way past that age that the Ouija board predicted my death, right? Way past. But nevertheless, up until that age, I have to tell you, I was a little bit worried, even though it's all superstition and I had to talk myself out of it and everything else. And I did. Uh, and I, but still, in the back of my mind, I was bothered by it. And it, what a waste of time, right? How silly that was. That's, first of all, it, it, it violates every sense of free will and that we are in charge of our own destiny and freedom itself, right? Um, of course, it's not, it doesn't work that way. And here comes this genome project that purports to tell you the future. It's no different, is it, Ari, this notion of um, the genome project versus fortune tellers telling you you know, what man you'll marry, what woman you'll marry, you know, what kind of job you'll have, how rich you'll be, where you'll live in town. It's no different. It, instead, it's just about your health, of course, but it's really the same thing. It's our, it's our quest to know everything all the time. And it, you can't. That's the point. And that's what I love about, I mean, in many ways, that's part of the reason why I'm health conscious, because I feel like I, we are in charge of our own destiny. That's my point. Forget about the, the merits of veganism. That's not what the point is here. The point is, I'm in charge of my health because I, I believe I'm in charge of myself and I'm in charge of my own destiny. How do you like that? Right? I'm a responsible person. I do it because I, I'm responsible for my children. I do it because I feel I owe it to God. And to my friends, to, to be the best person I can be. I don't want to be able to say, well, you know, I'm, you know, people go on the street. Well, everyone's done their genome project evaluation, right? Well, I'm going to die in 1940, you know, sorry, the year 2048. How about you? Ah, 36. <laughs> I'm going to die. That's such a, okay, so let's, hey, let's do a Facebook posting of all those people who are going to die in the year, you know, the, the, the month of April 2036, and we'll have some fun together, get to know each other, right? I mean, how stupid would that be? Would Are you kidding? Facebook will do it for us with their artificial intelligence. The way they go, uh, five friends are having birthdays today. Or, hey, you've been friends with this person for five years. Send them a note. It'll get, good morning, Brock. You're going to die today. <laughs> That's right. So you're going to die today. <laughs> what are you going to wear? That's right. I, I, I told you I was going to get back to you about a, a, an important issue. And you brought up the, the notion of a bus accident, uh, which I, I often referred to as bus disease, right? <laughs> like, how did he die? Bus disease. <laughs> so You're clearly not a lawyer in that no, area of practice. Yeah, no, it's definitely not. It's a humor about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but no matter what the genome uh, project may tell you, you are, you know, 99% uh, uh, likely to die of, of colon cancer, pancreatic cancer, what have you. It can't predict that you might very well die of a, of a bus, you know, throwing yourself in front of a bus by mistake. Okay? Sorry. That's the way it happens. Um, a friend of mine, well, the husband of a friend of mine, he died in a skiing accident. Some kid in a snowboard hit him on the side of his head, and he died. You know, and he was a young man. And I don't know if he had the genome project and he had any sense of his future, but you don't know what's, what your future is. You have no idea. And the genome project has no idea. There's, there's nothing in there that tells you when you're going to die. And truly, if you're actually going to have this or that disease. And even if you do have that, this or that disease, you might very well survive it, right, without even any medical intervention whatsoever. So this notion of the Genome Project is it's kind of an interesting one to me. Why would you want it? Why would you want to know how you're going to die, when you're going to die, what's the most likely scenario of your death? 
that's bizarre, right? It, it affects you in a way that I don't think you actually are thinking through. Now, and a very important point, we talked a little bit about progressives kind of liking this, this notion of the Genome Project. I remember when the Genome Project came out and they said, well, we've now mapped, up, uh, mapped out the entire human genome, human genome. Uh, I don't know how many years that, that was. And everyone is very excited about it. And now we can tell all sorts of diseases that you'll, you might have and who's more likely to have and everything else. Putting aside the fact that insurance companies would love this information to know about you, right? Okay, here's, here's Ari David. You know, he's, got, uh, he's very likely to have lung cancer. Uh, and, you know, apparently he's just said on the air what, uh, what he likes to do in bathrooms. But that's another story, you know. And that leads to all sorts of issues, too. But the insurance issues are, are, are obviously a moral issue at the same time. You know, is it, is it right for the moral of the insurance carrier to ask about, you know, your genome evaluation? Do you really want to know that for your insurance purposes? Put that aside for a second. Do you want to know that you are somehow at an elevated risk for, for pancreatic cancer, an elevated risk for diabetes and so forth? And what is elevated? We just said this. You know, 7% to 10%? Okay, it's elevated. It's still pretty low. It's what you do with it. You know, it's, it's how you respond to it that makes all the difference in the world. Uh, very silly. So, so we talked before about why it is that it seems, and, and right away, as soon as the Genome Project came out, I, I could not help but notice that the people who embraced it as a wonderful thing were the liberals. They were all into it. Now, conservatives weren't necessarily against it. They just said the same thing that we're saying right now, which is, okay, that's nice, but what, are, what am I going to do with that? What, what does that have to do with anything? Why would I bother to do this? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead the life that I'm going to lead. And it's, it's just silly to kind of try to think as if somehow I can control my life on things that I can't control. Yeah, and, and we're... Not necessarily, you know, we always talk in, in our ideas about the free market, for instance. More competition, the better. Or in the area of media, more information, the better. I, I don't have a problem with it from an information standpoint. And if you are the kind of person who is honestly curious and want to know, by all means, look. If, it, if someone invents something in the free market called the Genome Project... As a free market advocate, God bless them. Right. And if a customer right. out there wants to know this information, God bless them for wanting. Fine. But, in again, in the argument for more information versus less, we must, and I think this is a place that you intend to take this, one must have the long view of history of where this kind of mentality has been before and where it invariably takes societies that go down that road. Right. That's right. And they're called Nazis. <laughs> it's true. It's, uh, you, you, just, you just can't know. It's all about control at the end of the day. And this is why progressives, I think, love this. Because in the heart of every progressive, I mean, Dennis Prager will, will say that it's a question of, um, there's a little bit of a totalitarian um, a, a dictator in every liberal, it's right? It's not little. <laughs> it's ninety nine percent of them. Only right. that, only that surface, that that really dead epidermis coating the rest of their skin. Right. That's where the the little rainbow of freedom seems see. to All be. Right. 
You know, well, anyway, dippy dippy, uh, do whatever you want attitude. But but in every one of them, there is that totalitarian totalitarian impulse. Yes, and and it has to be by definition. Don't get insulted if you're a liberal, by the way, or if you're a lefty. I should say, that's the that's the reality. You you are your answer always is there should be a law that X right. We should have a whole system that you know everyone is able to use the bike lanes and all this. It's always about laws and impositions. That, that should be universal and everyone has to live with it. Uh, you know, it's a stupid uh, a procedure, but uh, sorry, a, um, a way of thinking. That's what they do. They'll do it every single time. They, 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 lefties don't think in terms of how can we improve freedom, uh, unless it's sexual freedom. Uh, but, but even then, they're imposing their, their will upon you. It's, it's not like, it's, it's not as if they're saying we, we want children to have the freedom to learn about you know, anal sex uh, in first and second grade. No, on the contrary, it's a question of imposing that teaching upon your child. So it's, again, it's not freedom, it's an imposition, right? Masquerading is as freedom. That's, right. the, that's the beauty of it. Where they say that, for example, this whole transgender business, right? Everyone should be able to be whatever they want, right? Yes, right? exactly, that's, great example. Right, it sounds like it's freedom, but instead they're imposing it on you. They're saying... And they should be able to go wherever they want, locker room-wise and bathroom-wise. And if you don't like it, well, that tough crap, right? Yeah. We're, we're imposing this on you. Yeah, and bake that cake, yeah. baker. Right, <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> so it, it's always been that way among, left, among the leftists. They don't want to see that. It's an ugly thing about them. But you hold that mirror up to them, and they have... They, they have to see themselves at some point. They have to understand that they are truly totalitarians at the end of the day. They're masquerading as people who love liberty. They don't. Okay? They, it's, it's no more liberal than, no more truly liberal than the fake w phrase liberal itself. Okay? It means nothing. Just a bunch of letters together that they use to characterize themselves, but it doesn't mean a, a thing. It's no different, by the way, than than North Korea, which calls itself the Republic. Of no, no, Democrat. The Democratic Republic of North Korea, right. Yeah. It's neither Democrat nor Republic, but that's what they call themselves, yeah. right? And okay. the, the P in there for people, and they do nothing but hurt their own people. Exactly. So yeah. how do the people with the apostrophe possessive own anything there? Right. They don't, Right. but right. they call themselves that. <laughs> the only thing that's right about it is that there are people in North Korea. That's about it. So... So, so you get that, the idea. And now, back to the Genome Project, this is a form of control, isn't it? It's, it's why progressives love it, because it, it tells the world, this is your future. We now have control of our future. You know, not control of our future, we know the future. See, I said before, I, I have, I'm able, as an individual, control my own destiny. That's different than looking at a book or some sort of computer programming and it telling me what my destiny is. Yes. That's the difference. Yeah. I, and I, I love knowing that difference. And that's why you and I, I I'm, I'm sure when, you, when the Genome Project was first fully revealed and, and, and to much hoopla, I think, I don't know how many years, 10 years ago, uh, maybe more, I, I got I get a sense that it was no big deal to you. It didn't you didn't it didn't cause you any great excitement. It wasn't as if we just landed on the moon. Well, because of my um, sensitivity to Nazis, 
you know, produced, I think, through, uh, I'll give, um, through uh, evolution and breeding and heritage that I guess you could find in the Genome Project, I've always been aware of where genetic information can come from and be used for. Right. Such as round up the Jews, kill them because they have Jewish genes. Right. Or, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, gypsy genes or any other undesirable of the moment genes. And whenever right. tyrants rise up, it, you know, the systems of imposition that were put in place by the liberals who didn't think of themselves as tyrants are suddenly used by those non-liberal uh, yeah. Tyrants to impose terrible stuff. Uh, one other thing that's kind of interesting is not only does the liberal have the inclination to be a tyrant, or um, uh, what was the word that uh, Prey used? A uh, totalitarian. A totalitarian. Yeah. There's also this weird notion of privacy. They'll constantly tell you, get out of my business, get out of my business, where are you looking at, right? But like in the gay community, they out people who aren't ready or want to be outed, as if it's their business to out people who are in the closet. Right. Um, they they out conservatives in Hollywood who don't want to be public. Right. They out Christians who don't want to be public. In other words, to to the liberal, they'll talk a big game about all this privacy stuff and privacy concerns, but then they'll uh, oh. Uh, Another perfect example, last week CNN threatened to dox someone who posted things on social media. Doxing, you know, to post documents about someone yeah. that are personal online for all to see. It's like liberals love to be these little nerdy bullying tattletales. Tattletales that, uh, me, that's why they go into the media reporting business. To... to Air everyone's dirty laundry to everyone else. Yeah, they're not and, reporting. They're reporting on you. Yeah, exactly. They're not telling you the facts. They're, they're airing your laundry to everyone else. And so the Genome Project is like the the absolute gigantic macro version of that, yeah. where your most personal stuff that was made up by your dad's sperm and egg and mom's egg coming together and making you. That revealed a certain, you know, set of twenty-three and one right. uh, is now for all to see and all to know and all to worry about and all to impose all these behaviors and traits upon you that may or may not be within your individual choice of how to live a life. Right. Oh yeah. So well said. So well said. It's it's um, look. All of this dovetails a little bit into our next topic, which is something that, you know, as somebody that cares about what he eats and and such. And you have kids, and you want to make sure that, you know, as you look at a toy, for example, or, or food, you look at the, the labels, right? You want to say, does it, there might be a, one particular chemical you want to make sure that this product or food product uh, doesn't have, okay? It's, it's an offensive product for you for whatever reason. And so we look at these things and we say, ah, it doesn't have it, uh, I'm okay with that, right? Or it might be, uh, is it organic? Is it um, GMO, genetically modified? Um, and and we, we look at these things, and we decide whether or not this is going to be meaningful to us. Right? This, we, we make our purchase decisions based upon these things. We consider ourselves informed uh, consumers. Right? Might we do that, Ari? You know where I'm going with this. Might we do that with ideologies? Wouldn't it be nice if, if leftism right, had a side panel 
as you're looking, you know, you're going down the grocery store aisle, right? And you're choosing between different cereals, right? You, you choose based upon what you think is healthiest for you. You know what scroll that's been turned into a book I've been saying should have warning labels all over it. Yeah. For, based on its ingredients. And you know what network on TV, CNN, I think should have warning labels for its ingredients. Right, exactly. <laughs> we should have warning labels on these things. You go, That's right. You're going down the aisle and you're, you're choosing to watch different cable news networks. You should have, like, warning, watching this will make you dumber, <laughs> right? Make you more violent. Make you, you know, make you, you know, consider yourself more of a victim, right? This will make you blame everyone else for all your problems. Problems, uh, or make you lazy, yeah. whatever it might be, make you a mean person. Uh, this, you know, and, and this idea, and it's not just the uh, Fox versus CNN versus MSNBC. It's also the ideology itself. You know, now we go down the ideology department, the aisle, right? The ideology aisle, where you now get to look at, you know, here's the product, and here's the uh, the side panel that tells you everything you need to know. <laughs> Right, conservatism. Yes, you know, and it's uh, you know, it allows you to be Mike more free. Cause personal responsibility. That's right, that's right. Harder work, <laughs> uh, but in the long run, you should be much better off. Right, yeah. enjoy more freedom. Right, and, and so forth may result in a biting sense of humor. Right, <laughs> exactly. More analysis, more critical thinking, and uh, of course, you know, a, a deeper appreciation of God. Yeah. Right. And if you're a woman, using this ideology may result in you being perceived as 10 pounds thinner and <laughs> <laughs> three breast sizes slimmer. Right, exactly right. <laughs> Just look at Fox News. The, those women are fantastic looking. <laughs> and then need we say more, right? <laughs> anyway. Um, okay, so, so that's the labeling of things. And, and why not? I mean, but... We say it kind of as a joke, but it's not really a joke. I mean, what, that's part of the reason why I became a conservative. In a sense, I looked at the labels. I, I looked at what liberalism offered, and I, I, I looked down the road of all these lefties that I knew, and I thought to myself, gosh, th this, you know, this guy seems like a, a very unhappy man. This person um, seems to kind of have radical, inc inconsistent ways of approaching things. He's taking drugs. Um, he doesn't seem to be the best uh, husband possible. And uh, frankly, I don't think that their thinking process is very all that straight. And by contrast, I look at my conservative friends, uh, and I had conservative friends even when I was not conservative, and I said, you know, these guys, they think it through. I, I like it. They have standards. You know, that'll be one of the label things, you know, has standards, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? So, <laughs> um, so it's, it's really, I mean, the difference is between conservatism and liberalism, if they were serials, <laughs> conservatism, he already likes this, conservatism would probably be like total cereal, right? Has 100% of the, the recommended uh, vitamins, such as it is, right? <laughs> Liberal systems would either be lucky charms, exactly. tricks, or fruit loops. <laughs> right. That's right. It's or, fun. of course, grape nuts. <laughs> God, we're both sick. That's crazy. It's exactly right. Tricks. That's exactly they pull tricks. Right. And what kid wouldn't want the trick cereal, the Fruit Loops and such? No, Johnny, we need to have the total cereal. But I don't want that. It's of course they want tricks. Of course they want Fruit Loops and and all those other crappy cereals because it's fun. Frankenberry and all, you know, Chocolate Berry was my favorite when I was a little kid. 
Uh, what do you think is going to happen? Of course, that, that, that's going to be more popular. So, so liberals, no doubt, they, they always chime in about how great it is that there's so much more tension uh, by the conservative, uh, by the uh, college campuses, uh, by liberals. It so it resonates to liberals, and that somehow a reflection of the superiority of liberalism. No, my friends, it simply means that they've given in to their most libidinous desires, their most uh, sugar appetite that they could possibly have. Right? That's that's the reality. And, I, and I, I love this labeling notion, right, this study of labels, uh, because it really does say everything to you, doesn't it? Doesn't it? If you, if you feel that liberalism, that leftism, does somehow improve your character, let me know. Because I, I don't see how it can improve your character at all. All it says, essentially, is, you know, what, what you think it says, by the way, my liberal friends, what you think it is, is that somehow you could do whatever you want and you're liberal, you're open-minded, you, you, you are tolerant to all sorts of viewpoints, but, but at the same time you have no standards. And clearly you must have standards somewhere, somewhere along the line. Tell me about them. But you, you, but, but then, and then all you're really offering is just a bunch of rules and regulations because you have to control people. And it's all about some sort of form of a sex, some sort of drugs involved, and about just kind of saying whatever you want to say without any reference to where you come from, whether that's the greatness of America, the greatness of Western civilization, the greatness of Christianity and Judaism. Um, that's, they, they won't have any part of that because that's not fun. <laughs> None of those things are fun. But here's leftism. Here's something that tells you that not only... Can you can you eat the Fruit Loop cereal? But it's it's the right thing to do, right? And 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 to you're able to mock everything that you once believed that, that you're told is supposedly good for you. Western civilization, you don't need to read Shakespeare, you don't need to read all that stuff because it's racist. And you're you know what? You're smarter for not knowing this stuff. How about that? Uh, you know, it's it's so brilliant. You just you concluded that little segment with that. Right. You're smarter for not knowing that because. <laughs> I heard that. Yeah. Uh, how many times? I can't even tell you. I would be in a conversation with a, a liberal, mm-hmm. and um, the uh, one of the what I call granular subjects that we deal with comes up: taxes, life, guns, sure. freedom, foreign policy. You know the big ones, the ones where we as conservatives are constantly baffled. They don't agree with us on those, right? You know, right. how is the Second Amendment an argument, right? right? That's right. I mean, I'll, I'll differ with you on the anal sex in the men's bathroom at that bar over on that side of town. Okay, whatever. Yeah, I know I said it again. Right. Um, but, you know, whatever, the, the audience understands. But the uh, Second Amendment is a freedom I want to enjoy. Why don't you want to enjoy that freedom too? Right. Right? Right. Um, and, you know, it's, it's bizarre. And their response so often is... I don't know, and I don't care. Right. And I'm like, well, you can pick one, but not not both. You can pick one or the other, but right. not both. Right. Do you not know? Or do you not care? Or do you not care? Yeah. Because if you do not know and you don't care, that means you know you don't know something, and you simply don't care to ever learn. Yeah. And are, is that what you want to admit? Do you want me to carve that on your right. epitaph? Right. On your headstone there? 
This true. here lies John the liberal. He didn't know, right? And he made sure not to know by not caring. Right. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and, and so that's the that, essence. But you're right. right because because no, look, a lefty might li- listening to this might very well say, "Come on, Barack, that's not fair," or Ari, that's not fair. Um, and, I'll, and I'll speak for him in, in a second. I don't follow cricket. I don't know anything about it, and I don't care about cricket, right? And that's a fair statement. But it's different. It's different than what you're talking about, which is the big picture items, right? Things that you really ought to care about. And you ought to know about at the same time, and and then choose one or the other. You may not care about it, but understand that you ought to know about it. Right. And vice versa. You care about mountain biking. Yeah. Okay. And believe it or not, I know about mountain biking. I just don't care to do it. Right. Because I like certain parts of my body unmolested by bike seats. Okay. Fine. I like football, and I care about football. You could care less about football. But here's the difference between mountain biking. Football and the Second Amendment. Right. The founders of our nation did not write a Second Amendment giving you the right to keep and bear football. Right. That's right. Yeah. Right? That's right. That's a big difference. Right. If they, if they gave you that right, then you are sort of obligated as a citizen to sort of figure out what that right means before yeah. you brought well, it why off. Why should I care about it? And, and yeah, right. it's an obligation in a sense. Yeah, and if our founders did write uh, an amendment saying you have the right to keep and bear football, of course I would look at them being a rational being. As much as I care about football, go, this isn't much of a country if they that was the best right. they could do. Well, look, I mean, it, it, it's funny that you mentioned that because the first thing that comes to my mind is, is not necessarily the American Constitution because I think that is a very shall we say, uh, a lean and mean um, governing document in a good way, a lean and mean. It, it, it understands what's really important. Here's the focus. Here's the way we lay out our government. Here are the checks and balances. Here are the 10 uh, amendments, which we consider so so important. Free speech, uh, the guns, and, and making sure that uh, you don't have soldiers quartered in your apartment and right to a jury. These are things that we consider super duper important. And the rest of it's kind of fluff. And uh, if you want to make little laws about that uh, b- per the states and such like that, be our guest. Um, so, for example, whether it's 55 on the speed limit or 65 versus 45, you guys have at it, okay? You work it on it yourself. But these are the things that we, we are passionate about. We are saying as founding fathers, this is what, what you guys, what we should all be passionate about. And so that's one document. Right? And then look at the European Union document, right? the European Constitution, which is, I don't know how many, the thousands of pages. The thousand individual rights to not be molested by an offensive idea within your own home, right. within your own kitchen, within your own bathtub, yeah. on the toilet, at the sink, in the mirror, yeah, yeah, in the shower. That's exactly right. You know? Yeah, and, and rights that would just seem so bizarre to us. Like, And then you say, well, how do you preserve that right? How do you make that right manifest to somebody uh, the, the right to be freed from hunger that sounds nice okay well what does that mean so how do you how do you manifest that right it, without stealing food from the farmer well, exactly yeah so the <laughs> how is the farmer not your slave right <laughs> yeah all of a sudden and then uh, where are you going to get a chef you're now going to have a chef right to, but we're, we're, we're talking you know. about priorities we're talking about understanding what's important what's not important what you care about what you don't care about right what you know what you don't know because I, I, I really like the way you phrased it, Ari. You, you, you ought to know that you don't know, and it should not be at the same time that you don't care about it, at least on these very important issues. Take gun control, for example. 
you can decide, look, I don't know anything about gun control. I don't know what that actually means, uh, but I care about it, right? So, okay, so go ahead and learn about it. That's, that's the idea. That's what you're saying. And vice versa, you, you may um, not care about gun control, but you, you ought to know about it. Yeah, and this right? is made even more infuriating based on the age we live in. Because if you said that, uh, gun issue, Second Amendment versus gun control, uh, do, you, do you know, do you care? And it's the year uh, 1994 or 1992. Uh, okay, now I have to look up books by John Lott and some <laughs> other people and figure it out. Right. Nowadays, you Google it. Right. 20 seconds, and no matter how little you care, you can know. You, that's true. You can't. But it won't give you perspective at the same time. But, but it's interesting because I, I want to dovetail from what you just said um, to this notion of not, not knowing and not caring. Let's use the First Amendment as an example. Okay? I, I find it more and more, I had a whole chapter in my book about freedom of speech and how irrelevant it is to most people today. The, the, the whole notion of freedom itself is irrelevant. Forget about free speech. It just seems irrelevant. And that's, a, that's bad. It needs to be relevant. I mean, to you and me, it seems so obvious. You know, we, we ought to be loving of freedom in every sense of the word. Uh, you know, America is all about freedom, and we still seem to have that sense. But, but when, when push comes to shove and you ask a, a student today on a typical liberal campus, you know, what does freedom mean to you? He'll shrug his shoulders. I don't know. You know, and, and, then, and, and look at you as though you're bothering him. It's not important to him. He doesn't know and he doesn't care. To use your phrasing, Ari, he doesn't know and he doesn't care about the most important thing. We were joking around about mountain biking and football and, all, and cricket, but you would think free speech, so obvious, you ought to fight for it. But they don't. They, but they don't. They don't, and, and, it, it's, and they're told and here's where it really gets problematic. They're told that they're smarter for not caring about it. That's right. That's and that's come full circle to your yeah. initial thing. And I think we've, by proxy, now concluded, almost we're running a, a verbal thought experiment here, what the essence of the liberal education's goal is. Yeah. It's to leave a human being ignorant and uncaring. Yeah. That's yeah. the goal. Yeah. Because, and, and what the definition of a conservative truly is, is someone who is appropriately informed and cares about appropriate things. Right. Because you can care all you want about, um, uh, we ran into an article earlier uh, about a guy who decided to start screaming at a couple fishermen by claiming that a fish could do everything a human being could do. Ha! <laughs> Remember we were talking about that yes, earlier? Yes, yes, I do. Okay, now, I'm not going to tell you that that liberal didn't care. Right. He just cared about a completely inappropriate thing in a completely inappropriate way. Right. That's exactly right. And demonstrated his complete ignorance by caring that much about that thing. Right. It's uh, because you're going to devote your care, your concern about things, uh, based upon what what's available out there. Right? I mean, I, I, not not what's available. Rather, that if you don't care about the First Amendment, for example, free speech, generally speaking, forget about the First Amendment. Maybe you don't care that that, that it's a First Amendment. That you, but su supposedly you care about 
uh, speaking your mind about something that everyone else disagree, disagrees with. Supposing you care about that, I, that's one thing. But, but let's say you don't care about that. And as most liberal uh, students, I, I believe, uh, don't care these days. But they still care passionately about other things. And they will go to town on it. They will demonstrate on it. Climate change is the best example, right? Or as you say, recycling is the gateway drug to climate change, which I always thought was so funny. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. Yeah, recycling, gay rights, and abortion seem to be their big oh, ones. Oh, yeah. That's a, and, free, and free, free, speech, free speech means very little to them. Yeah. And, and if you... I mean, more to the point, if you disagree with them on any of those issues, gay rights, abortion, or the, they'll call it hate speech and dismiss you, and you have no right to speak and get the hell out of here. Or they'll okay? set you on fire. Right, exactly right. Which they do. That's I, not I, an overstatement. Yeah, or, or, or if you're lucky, they'll just boycott your business, and or they'll get you fired or something bad, like, or, or even force you to do the things that you find religiously offensive, such as providing uh, pizza services, bakery services, floral services. Uh, to a gay wedding, okay? So th th that's, that's what will really animate them. That's what they, they know about, and that's what they care about, to use your phrase. And this is a, a real big shape-shifting that's going along that we're seeing because I, I guess the best interview you could give, I mean, you always had these jaywalking uh, sort of things you know, from Jay Leno, right? The old days when they ask, and now it's uh, uh, Waters, uh, Waters World. Oh, the man on the street Man on the street interviews, where it's like, yeah. you know, tell me who uh, such and such uh, was, you know, who's the vice president, right? And we're all just shocked, shocked, shocked that they don't know who the vice president is. We're all shocked that they don't know, um, you know, what the legislative branch is. Okay, uh, or, or whatever it might be. I mean, things that seem so basic, yeah. they don't What's know. the right side of the street? <laughs> uh, yeah, that uh, one. Uh, <laughs> uh, right. when, well, when did America become a free country? Something like that. that that's a cute way of do, doing it. Maybe it's better because all you're really doing is you're reflecting what they care about, what they don't care about. Because they'll shrug your shoulders. Like, if, if you were to ask them, when did America become, uh, declare its independence? What year? Forget about the date and the year. Just a year or a date, all right? And they'll, they'll shrug like, this is silly. Like maybe they ought to know it, but they don't really know it. No big deal that they don't know it. Um, you know, it's like asking them, you know, what time is it on Jupiter right now, right? And it, it's irrelevant to them. It doesn't make sense to them. It's not part of their lives. So same thing. Why not ask them what matters to you? What's your main focus today? Right. And and you maybe even give them a list, you know, freedom of speech, uh, the right to carry guns, um, the um, the right to, uh, you know, uh, sorry, the law and order and uh, a rule of law. Right. Versus global warming, gay rights that you're talking about. And uh, what else did you mention? You mentioned something else. Abortion. Global Abor abortion. Right. Yeah. yeah. What, what, what is what are they passionate about? Yeah. And just so they get the answer to the earlier question, we can write and the date of the best summer beach party of the year. Right. That's true. Right. They might actually get that. Get it. That's right. Yeah, July 4th for some reason. Yeah. I know that. No, I know that date. <laughs> uh, it's very cute. Um, so, but they, they won't, they, they, if you ask them what they care about, that's interesting. That is interesting. You and I, if some, some interviewer on the street would ask us, what animates you, Ari David? And, and, and in a serious way, without you know, us joking around, you would say, and I think I would say the same, uh, America and its success and its spread of liberty uh, 
uh, that we advocate for freedom of speech, that we are for the, the advance of every individual that we don't care to see about their race or their gender, um, and, and that we love God. These are the things that motivate us from the, the moment we get up to the moment we go back to sleep, and hopefully even when we dream. Okay, that, that's what animates us. This is what gets us out of bed, right? And this is why I write the book that I do. This is why you do the posting and, and, and postings and the, the podcasts that you do, Ari. This is the number one theme, right? It's not, this is, we don't get together and say, let's talk about cricket today. We don't talk about those things. We, you know, which, which is better, grasshoppers or crickets? We don't, we don't ask these questions. We ask the bigger questions because that's what animates us. But, but if you don't have that, if you don't have that sense of, of anything mattering, well, then it's no surprise that you get a man like that who's, who, who's just so vocal I mean, look, you would otherwise say, hey, Brock, this guy was a crazy guy, the guy who said that fish can do anything that uh, humans can do, right? He was just a crazy guy, and they interviewed a crazy man, and that's that. Not so crazy, my friends. Not so crazy. I guarantee you that every true lefty has something like that in him. Maybe not that he thinks all fish are the same as, as people, that they can do all the things the same thing. But they believe in equally bizarre things to, to make, and, and animate yeah. themselves and, and accordingly. To, and to make it even more stark, this just occurred to me, if there was a version of the Genome pro Project <clears throat> that uh, focused on intellectual ideas, right. we would be able, and we have, we would be able to predict that behavior almost to the day. Yes, oh, so true. So right? true. Good, good, really good point. Really good point. And, and also, and then to also connect to the earlier subject, isn't it something that the people in the I don't know and I don't care modern liberal crowd are the ones most enthused about getting involved in other people's business because they care so little about substantial things in their lives and they know it, that yeah. they're constantly searching for other information out there to throw against the collective wall of, right. of you know, human knowledge that they think they participate in. Well, here, here, and here's, post and it, it, it's so beautiful that you said that because it, it leads to the very last thing that I want to bring up. It seems to me, Ari, that we are infused, we, speaking about genomes, right? We seem to be infused with a gene, if you like, or some sort of instinct to care. We just, we have this need to care. And if you are told constantly that nothing matters, there is no God, right? America doesn't matter, Western civilization doesn't matter, and such like that. It doesn't matter. Your need to care, to get out there. And in my book, I talk about the need to matter. But I'm talking about the need to care. It, it still it still animates you. It's still it's still propelling you forward. So you find things to care about that to us look like idi idiocy. That get warped, absolutely. Get warped. Well, like the man and the fish. That's right. That's such such a good example. He is so adamant about how fish and people are are the same. They can do just the same thing. These are the same. And if you think that's crazy. And come on, Barack, you're, you're talking about an anecdote of one man having one crazy vision. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you how similar it is to the things that, that are believed out there, that, that transgenders are so important, they're so significant out there, that we have to completely change our civilization in order to accommodate these people. That's one thing. Another crazy thing is that men and women are the same. Okay, that is crazy. Here's another crazy thing, that, that 
good and evil are the same, that there is no such thing as evil or good. In fact, there's only good. <laughs> how about that? Okay, those are crazy ideas. Yeah, and how about a few others? That you can trust Iran with nuclear weapons, or that Russia stole the election, <laughs> or that... Or that we're warming the earth. Or that Islam is a religion of peace. Right, right. These, but these <laughs> things, people believe these passionately. And, and global warming is just one of them, that the, the, um, the Islamic uh, religion of peace notion is, is another one. Um, these are things that they believe in. They care about it very, very deeply. Yeah, and you see because it, they have nothing else to really care oh, about. Oh, hell yeah! And and all around here in the Santa Monica, Brentwood areas of West LA, how often do you see people, beautiful, attractive people, and they're like a guy and a girl. They might even be married, and instead of having children, they have a dog, oh. and they call the dog. It's Their our child. child. Yeah, oh. and you can just see it's the human programming to care and nurture misapplied and warped yeah. to an animal. Yeah, it's, it's whenever people say that, <clears throat> I, I want to throw up. You know, we, we have a dog, <clears throat> and my wife, God love her, <clears throat> she said, oh, we, you know, it's your brother. And I said, nope, nope, don't ever say that. That's not your brother. That's a dog, okay? And we show love to the dog, sure. Okay, we take care of him, we walk him, we show respect to him as an animal, as a God's creature, but he ain't the same. All right, so but but people really believe this crap, and and they'll talk about it. I mean, look, I'm an animal lover. I'm vegan, as I said, but I will never ever see animals and humans in the same as the same thing. The, the only thing that are, is similar is that they're they're both created by God. That's true, okay. But humans were created in God's image. Thank you very much. And animals, I'll tell you something. <laughs> if if I felt that I was designed to eat you, <laughs> jump on my lap and get in my belly. <laughs> That's what I would say. All right? <laughs> to quote Austin Powers. All right? But that's, that's the way it is. And, and these people care about these things. And you just, you look at them with a, kind of a perplexed look. Your eyebrows are kind of, you know, furled up. And you say, what the hell is this person <laughs> right. talking about? Why does he give a crap about this? Because they have... They have failed to focus on what really matters. Yeah. And, and of course, the answer they give you if you ask them that is, I don't know. And I don't care. <laughs> exactly right. That's the perfect end. All right. I'll leave it at that. This is Barack Lurie. Thanks for listening. We'll talk with you next week.